Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. What is going on? I told you we're going to be back every Tuesday now. We had that short hiatus every other week for a while, but now every single Tuesday back with an episode of Dynasty Theory. Of course. Well, I'm John Bauer, but nobody cares what I, who I am or what I am. But we're also joined by, I don't have a fancy special intro for you tonight, but we're joined by Dan LaMagna. That's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? We, we care about you, JB. I mean, we're like two little kids in the backdrop waiting for the show here, heckling you. I mean, it's, yeah, it's I good to see you tonight, brother. But I'm ready, man. This is that time of year where you get me in like game shape. Like you're the coach and I'm the player now, you know, even though I have that, you know, FF coach Dan tagline, you are getting me in rookie shape right now. You're making me study and I like it. Yeah. Mitch messages me. Hey, bud, everything. Okay. I didn't and say, I'm, Hey, bud. I said, hey, what boo. did you say? How'd you phrase it? I said, Hey, boo. Hey, boo. Oh, Hey, boo. Yeah. And I, <laughs> right. I said, yeah, I'm fine, but I'm annoyed. Like it's just, right. just, you know, Sometimes I get annoyed. I'm not always happy go lucky, Mr. Chipper, that everybody's always so used to. <laughs> I know so you fired up. Uh, I see some people in the chat. What's going on, Jeff, Peter? And as you can see, we're joined by Mitch Sorensen. Uh, is that a new haircut? Is that a fresh haircut? It is. It is a fresh haircut from this weekend. You know, I always do. I always do. But it's combine week. I mean, this is like amazing. Wait, when is <sighs> next week? Are you referring to our show with being combine yeah, week? I think he's referring to week. our show. Like he he's kind of you know okay, contextualizing that's... our show as combine week, but he is See, misleading that... the listeners though. Combine yeah, week. that's, that's why right I froze the notes. Well, I want to talk about the combine, but yeah, I was like, I was like, combine. What did I miss something? No, but we are no, going to talk about it because there was some news that I want to bring up, and then they did a one eighty on us after the show notes were created. But we're going to talk about it for a little bit. So, Mitch. Combine week here on Dynasty Theory. Yes, sir. Should the three of us take part in a combine? Oh, my God. That would be a sight for sore eyes. I'll do it. I've done it before, but they were like, you know, that was like a different lifetime 20-some years ago. <laughs> the hamstrings can't hold like they used to. Yeah, I would definitely end up in the hospital. But, <laughs> all right, so NFL combine. It went from there being a combine bubble where players couldn't bring in maybe all of the training staff that they would have liked initially. And a lot of the agents came out, right. And they were like, you know, expressing their concerns and saying how they're struggling with the combine. I'm looking at a tweet from Mike McCartney, uh, you know, players get optimal nutrition and rest for games. The combine almost the opposite improper rest and diet, then tested in a cold, sterile environment. It's part of why guys get uh, guys test better at pro days. And somehow the NFL has now made it worse. It didn't even take 48 hours. The NFL comes out and says, you know, we just informed the players that we're going to change our policy. And now they're allowed to be out of the restricted areas. You know, uh, the training staff can come in. They, they still uh, recommend all the players are wearing masks and they recommend they don't go outside of the bubble, but they are allowed now. Dan, I got to ask you, because you, you just said you've taken part in, whether it's a coach or as a player in kind of like combine type events, what kind of impact would that have on these kids coming in and you hear the concern from these agents? What if they were stuck in that bubble? How do you think that's going to impact them and affect them? 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 great to see the NFL really thought this through. Like you said, JB, not even forty eight hours, and they're they're going back on their policies. So obviously, they didn't think it too well through. But you know, again, now I I didn't have that. I needed a couple extra tents on my forty and a, and a little bit more height to be able to go to an NFL combine, right? And probably a little bit better grades too. But I was that guy chasing NFL dreams and had the opportunity to go to combines that they hosted. Now, I, I had to pay to go to those combines, but there would be scouts there, whether it be from like arena football or Canadian football, and it was a chance to get exposure. But similar to a lot of these prospects going, they don't all have a lot of resources, you know? So, you, you know, you're, you're, you're traveling, you're going to Indianapolis. You, it's as uh, McCartney said, it is the opposite, you know, as far as rest and diet. I remember my, I was in the best shape of my life, benching two and a quarter, 14 times, Body fat was down, running good, training, doing all the, all the things I had to do. Shuttle, short shuttle, training for it. I got sick the night before in the hotel. Lost weight overnight. And the next day, I put up only like nine times on the on the bench. And like, so it, it affected me, you know? <laughs> but, but like for these kids, I mean, it's similar. You're putting all these restrictions and all these parameters around it. And you're not going to get max exposure when like, why can't I just do this at my own pro day? And have, you know, get a good night's sleep at home, have everything going for me. So I'm glad they spoke up for in this case for, for, the, for the college athletes and putting them in the best situation possible. And if you're doing your pro day at LSU, you know you're running a 4-3-40. It just, <laughs> it just happens like that. Mitch, I feel like you like situations like this and kind of diving into these conversations. Do you think like this, this outrage by the – whether it was the players or the agents themselves – do you think the the reaction was warranted or do you think it was an overreaction? Do you, you know, are you in the camp? No, just, just if you're in a bubble, you're in a bubble, just go do it. No, I think if you ever have leverage as a player at any time, you should take it. And I think this is the one time to where prospects could come out and be like, look, you guys could have the combine. You could talk about it for months leading up. But if you're not, if you're going to make me try to perform to where I'm not going to do it optimally, then I'm just not going to do it at all. The NFL cares about ratings. The NFL loves the combine. I mean, there's a reason why everyone watches it for five days here. It's, you know, running around in shorts, but we all get jazzed up for it. Even at Dynasty, we're like, don't worry about the times. You know, they're overrated. Watch the film. See what's on it. Look at these analytics and everything. And it's like, but Burks just ran like a 4-2-3 or something. You know, <laughs> you're just like, well, and... I don't know. I think the NFL had to make a change because so from like the Super Bowl to what week 16 or whatever it was, they didn't have a single person test positive with COVID. And then all of a sudden they're going to tell every prospect coming like, no, no, we need a bubble now. Like it just didn't make any sense at all. Then for these, me sorry, JB, ahead. like for these kids too. I mean, some of them, they need this day. You know, you're going to be in front of coaches. Those stats, you know, we're not weighing maybe certain things so heavy in the dynasty world. But for them, man, it's it could be a contract. It could be an opportunity. It's draft status. When I first posted this in the Discord that the NFL did this 180 and kind of, you know, as Tom Pelissero reported, the bubble has burst. Dan, right away, you jump in. JB, are we surprised by this? I don't think any of us were surprised. And it goes back to what Mitch said. The NFL is a business. It's about generating revenue and bringing money in. How are they going to do that if, you know, we're all stuck watching Joe Schmo take part of the combine? No offense to, to Mr. Schmo, you know, but 
we're, we're missing out on the, you know, just throwing names out there, the Brees Halls, the Traylon Burks, not to say they would have sat out, but you're missing out on those higher end, uh, uh, especially dynasty assets for our purposes. That's not going to be good for ratings. So I, I think they had to do it. And, you know, they, they I, I don't, I think very little of it initially or when they corrected it really had anything to do with player safety. No, of course not. It, it, it didn't. And well, I don't think you, anybody thinks that. If you look at just real quick, you take a look at it. The NFL says, no, we want a combine. The rookies are like, or sorry, they want a bubble. And the rookies go, no, we don't want that bubble. We just want to do our thing. Why would the NFL be like, no, 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 you guys stay in the bubble. Like the NFL is going to be like, fine. If you guys want to do it, then do it. Right. Last thing I want to touch on here. And I threw a tweet out about this whenever this first kind of started taking off. If you are a 2022 rookie believer and you have the picks already, you have three 22 first and you're looking for them to gain value, right? And whether it's to make the actual pick, wait for it to be on the clock and move it, move it for a veteran, look to move back. You need events like the combine to help raise the value of those picks. Then on the other hand, if you believe in this class, but have not gone out and acquired these picks, you might be a little disappointed that this has happened. Oh God. I, I know Mitch, Dan, and my nine other league mates, they think this class is horrendous as is. Now there's not going to be a combine to see all these guys walking around in, in short shorts. Cause we know Dan's going to get excited for those workout videos. <laughs> we know if we see a six pack, Holy cow shooting up the draft boards, but th that's, I, I think there were there certainly were dynasty implications when you look at the combine itself. It's one of the big events of the off season. Hey, speed moves. Speed wins in the NFL, man. Come in, come on. Hey, you 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 rock that shuttle run. You crush that forty. You know, Chris Olave puts up some great times. I mean, it can bump some guys up a little bit. It's going to create a little dynasty excitement in our rookie picks. So I want I want to see those times. Well, just think about, and I think it was the only event he took part in, but Albert O, he runs oh, yeah. that phenomenal 40. And just because of that, I, he ends up going, what, in the, what round did he go in the NFL draft? It's slipping my mind right now. But for dynasty and fantasy purposes, especially if you're in tight end premium leagues, he shot up boards just because of that. People still like him. Like going because into of that. this <laughs> offseason, people still like him. And I'm like, I, I still like Albert O. I still like him. Why? Did you see that 40? <laughs> no, I, well, this is a completely different conversation, but I, I like him in that offense because when no, especially when Noah Fant misses time, but even if he doesn't, he's still somewhat used. It, again, it's like that two PPR. I'm not talking about him going out, getting 50 targets a game. But when we talk about the two PPR leagues, you get like, you know, you're on bye weeks and you get three catches for 40 yards. You're like, yes, <laughs> that's like the typical, you know, if Evan Ingram top 10 points, I was ecstatic those weeks. So, Hey, now, but if he doesn't run that 40, unless you're really up and you know, you're watching him catch balls from drew lock and you're aware that he has that speed, you are getting him at a bargain. I mean, you're getting him for free. So it did put him on the map. And he ended up going in the fourth round. I wanted to say fifth initially, but it was the fourth. So I'm glad I didn't say oh. fifth. anything else in the combine in the situation. I get to clear the air. The combine is not taking place this week. That, like, I was just—I I don't care about off. the real combine. I care about us talking about the combine. Well, we're going to talk about it more 
you know, once it once it hits us here in the face. But the combine, anything else, Dan? It's because Mitch like is drinking it. seltzer tonight. That's what it is, JB. We, we, we warned him before the show, you know, changing his beverage of choice tonight. It better not affect his performance right out of the gates. Right out of the gates, he threw our listeners off tonight. Threw everybody Same. off. Threw us all for a loop. Uh, starting today, NFL teams can place the franchise tag on players that are, you know, impending free agents. Uh, and they have until March 8th. Give me a prediction. Mitch, and don't tell me you don't have anybody. Do you have somebody? I have someone, but none of us are allowed to say Devontae Adams because that's boring. <laughs> that's so, fine. I'm going to go with Mike Williams just as a shot in the dark. I, do I think he really will? No, but the truth is there's not a lot of really good offensive players that you could see getting the franchise tag this year. I wanted to say Rashad Penny just for the fun of it, right? But, I mean, Mike Williams is a guy to where I think he will draw significant interest in the free agent market. And maybe the Chargers just do it so they could tag him and then maybe trade him afterwards. You know, they probably won't get the two first that they would get if someone signed him on the franchise tag. But maybe they could trade him, the other team rescinds it, and they get a little something out of it instead. Yeah, Mike Williams is probably the most interesting uh, candidate here. Again, outside of Devontae Adams. And I like maybe just might... running, let me just run through names really quick. Here, did you have something? Let me get mine first because because it's gonna be like I'm taking a name off your list. Okay, okay. I, I I'd want to say Mike Jacecki. Like I yeah. cannot see why Miami would want to let him go, and there's a lot of interest. He's been one of the names I've said seeing thrown around, tweeted around. You know, this big tight end class. A lot of teams are interested in high on him. All they have is Waddle. You know, maybe Devontae Parker, if he's back or healthy, who knows what they're doing. But to me, it's Mike Jacecki. I'm, I'm franchising him. You always throw that soft G at me, and it really throws me off. Gasecki, my bad. <laughs> you, throw, you threw a crystal Olave earlier, or Olive, or how did you pronounce it? It's not like me saying Jonu <laughs> Smith. I, who am I to criticize? Jonu. Jonu Smith. Looking at the names here, and I'm starting from the bottom of my tears, okay? So these first few to ignore. But looking at free agents. Will Fuller, Jamison Crowder. <laughs> yeah, Brady, we need to be DJ Shark, Russell Gage, Jacoby Myers, Michael Gallup, Christian Kirk, Juju, Allen Robinson. So in that list, I think that last year you could start to talk about it. How pissed would Allen Robinson be <laughs> they tag him again? if he That'd got tagged again? Right? What was he was tagged last year? Yeah, he was. Yep. Juju, it's all but you know, official that he's not going to be back in Pittsburgh. Christian Kirk. I mean, I think we're still too low here. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Gallup. Michael. I have to replace a lot of jerseys here with possibly this, this <laughs> off season. Uh, then we get to Mike Williams. And that really is the one in terms of cap situation. Is that realistic for them? I didn't look it up to be honest with you, but honestly, right now with the cap, uh, it's not a concern with 90% of teams because almost everyone can fit him under unless you're the Saints. The only other wide receiver option would be Chris Godwin. Yeah. So real quick, the Chargers have $56 million in cap space, so they're completely fine. Okay. So Mike Williams could be a realistic option. But based on these reports, and I, again, I don't know how legitimate some of these are, but it sounds like Mike Williams may 
want to test the market and get that wide receiver one money. I'm sure he wants to. Just I mean, I want to test. It. I want. I, I tell work that every day. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm gonna test the market. My boss goes, all right, good luck, JB. <laughs> uh, Chris Godwin, do it, it, is the injury too much of an issue? Well, the cap too. The Tampa's they're in a so bad situation. he got franchised last year too. So I'm trying to remember. It goes up quite a bit now because last year it was only 17 or 18 million for a franchise tag on a wide receiver isn't bad. But when you get tagged a second time. It goes up quite a bit, and I would guess it's close to twenty. And then if he gets tagged again, it goes up to like twenty-five or twenty-six million. Yeah, in terms of cap situation, I, I there's no way the Cowboys tagged Dalton Schultz. No, no. I I, I saw that blurb too, and I'm just like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, you brought up Mike Kosicki. I'm gonna say it again. Dalton Schultz is gonna be a Miami Dolphin. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, take that to the bank. Darren Fells. It might be Darren Fells. Uh, Evan Engram, Evan Engram, I think he's on his way out of, of New York. Uh, and then Devonte Adams, that's the big one. So yep. what we're seeing with Devonte Adams, people were saying, well, if Aaron Rodgers and this report came out today, if Aaron Rodgers is waiting to see what happens with Devonte Adams, apparently, allegedly there have been no talks since the season ended between the Packers and Devonte Adams in terms of a contract. So I think we're going to end up seeing the Aaron Rodgers situation resolved probably before Devonte Adams. Yeah. Think? I mean, he'll get tagged. I don't think he'll get a contract before that, but they could tag him. Adams. Yeah. He might yeah. not sign it, but they'll tag him. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, the chat, uh, Evan Ingram is exciting. The Chargers would be super interesting. I, yeah, yeah it would be. I, I know, uh, uh some people talked about that as a landing spot for Gasicki mm-hmm. if he's no longer in Miami. So anyway, the, like I, I hate the franchise tag because it all, it puts the dynasty assets in limbo for a year. Mm-hmm. Like from that perspective, right? Yeah, especially if it's with a quarterback because they could, oh, any team can do the cousins deal. You do it for two years. And then if they don't prove it after two years, then you can let them walk. And that dynasty is killer for value. Yeah, I did because well, see, quarterbacks. I feel like it's a little more forgiving because if you're 27, 28, 29, 30 years old and you get tagged, you're you're probably going to play somewhere most of the time, most likely. But if you're a running back and you're 26 years old, and you know you're getting tagged, your value's in limbo, and it's like. There's a lot of question marks there. So especially for running backs, I hate the franchise tag. Get rid of it. Uh, looking at running back, I, there's nobody. You have to go down to the Penny, Penny Fournette, Edmonds, <laughs> Connor. Like, yeah, they're getting tagged. Yeah, they're getting tagged. So anyway, once more information comes out, we'll be talking about the franchise tag. But I just want to throw if you guys had any interesting predictions. There really isn't any. And we came up with we came up with Rashad Penny. That's right. That's that's a winning formula. I'm super excited about this portion of the show Mm -hmm. because finally, I know a lot of listeners are excited about this portion of the show. We're going to talk about rookies tonight. Something we've been talking about in the Dynasty Theory Discord, within the Dynasty Theory Patreon, five bucks a month, free through the end of February. But we've been talking about this twenty four seven, and now we're bringing it to the show here. Uh, I want to touch on the rookie quarterbacks. 
and not so much a deep dive on any of these guys, but the class in general, how we view it in terms of top end talent and depth, maybe comparing it to previous seasons, ideal landing spots, which a lot of people know versus kind of like the, Oh crap landing spots that we kind of saw to an extent last year, you know, Dan was big on Zach Wilson pre NFL draft. He goes to the jets and he didn't quite take flight. So to speak. In year one. Did you like that? That was pretty good. Jets could do that to you. I know. All right. So this class in general, Mitch, hit me with some facts. Hit me with the truth. How are you liking this quarterback class shaping up here? The problem is there just isn't an elite player in the class. You could hope that Willis, I mean, Willis has the ceiling to be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, right? But it's like his ceiling. It's nothing you'd expect to happen in the first year. And I don't think there's another quarterback right now that's in this class, too. You could be like, you know, he's going to be a good starter his first year. And that's the problem is previous years we've had Murray. We've had Herbert. We've had, well, not Herbert, but we've had Burrow. You know, there's people we could buy into that were like, this is going to be a good starter. There's no one I feel comfortable drafting at the 101 in a Superflex draft right now. I don't care if they go in the top three. I, I just don't have any faith in them. Even, Her- no, I say, even Herbert was a good example, Mitch. I, I mean, even though, like, you know, he, he was kind of meant for that moment, then the luster kind of faded a little bit, but he still had the tools, and he, there was still a lot of positives. Mm-hmm. I feel like the starting point is different in this draft. You know, so last year it started with Trevor Lawrence, and then, you know, went to, I think – we landed at probably Trey Lance's number two. We were back and forth on Lance and Wilson. Now I feel like it starts at Trey Lance with well, the, Malik the, Willis. The Justin Fields disrespect. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I was disrespecting him last year too. I'm probably still doing it there. So there, there, there's the fourth and then Mac Jones. But like the starting point was so much higher. And then you worked your way kind of, kind of those guys here. It's like it starts at Malik Willis and then it falls off a cliff. With some potential. Some guys with potential, but it's yeah. – I I think the issue, not only what Mitch said, it's that high end, just locked in prospect. And, you know, whatever we saw from Trevor Lawrence in year one doesn't completely eliminate the fact that he was, as people saw it, generational prospect. Right. Mm -hmm. And we just don't have that. And typically, especially in super flex leagues, it's running backs and quarterbacks that really drive the value of a class. And that's what we're seeing certainly with 2023, but with 2022, I, I, you know, Malik Willis has that ceiling, but it's kind of like, you know, Trey Lance went to a great situation, a sound organization. Did he get the chance there in year one? No, but we were able to kind of ignore the limited sample size we had on him in a conference with lack of competition. And now we're kind of getting that with Malik Willis you know, with, with the competition playing more games than Trey Lance did, but that's going to be in the back of people's minds. But then he went out, had a great practice week at the senior bowl, performed decently well, at least enough that people think he rose up NFL draft boards. And then the Steelers are possibly a prime landing spot from reports. And if that were the case, I think those early picks, they do rise in value because it kind of goes back to like, uh, Trey Lance to San Francisco, Malik Willis to a sound and stable Steelers organization. So real quick on, I think one of the f- 
best things this time of year is to listen to both fantasy and NFL podcasts. 100%. Because if you look on fantasy Twitter, everybody was like, Malik Willis is rising in value. But if you listen to the NFL guys, they're all laughing it off. They're like, no quarterback rose in value after this, after that senior bowl. And they were just like, it just not enough happened for anyone to rise in their view. Before, so Malik Willis, really quick. Mm-hmm. The, the safe, you know, we look at these prospects and there's always the opportunity that a player comes out. We kind of talked about this in terms of wide receivers in the Discord earlier tonight, but a player comes out completely falls flat in year one and the fantasy community, the dynasty community is completely out of them. But Malik Willis presents that opportunity with the rushing upside, the rushing floor. And that's, I, that's what's going to bail him out. And it's like the type of quarterback that should be able to produce fantasy wise, even behind a poor offensive line. And you know, the way I look at these things, Dan's grinding the tape. Mitch, I know you're certainly in the middle, but probably more towards Dan's side. I'm looking at it from a number side and analytically speaking games played past uh touchdown rate, interception rate, touchdown interception ratio, your yards per pass attempt, rushing college dominator, even 40 time to an extent, just don't be worse than four, eight. Like you don't have to be a blazing stud, but just, just don't be slow as molasses out there. But from a threshold standpoint, Malik Willis, he checks every box with the exception of the uh, interception rate. What if he's a day two pick? Then I don't want him. I, that, see, that's the thing, though. That is the last piece to the puzzle oh, for is. most people in the analytics community. I don't think he slips day two. But again, I'm just a Joe Schmo sitting here talking, you know, in the basement. But I, I like I like that Mitch said. Like he didn't rise. Like if you listen to the NFL guys, he didn't rise. But I think he still is what he is. Like I, I think he's a, a day one guy. I think they still like him. You know, I don't think he had a rise. Like Trey Lance rose last year. You know, again, smaller sample size. Like John said, Malik Willis has played more games, but I think he's a heck of an athlete. He's got that running ability, like John is mentioning. Yeah, I see him as a fantasy asset there. So I won't break it. I'm gonna turn it back to you, John. I, I could talk more about Malik Willis, but. Well, let me rephrase. I know you're going somewhere. Let, let me because I th- I do think Mitch is right saying the NFL guys uh, and women saying that he did not rise in terms of the NFL. But it's great to hear that a team has fallen in love with him, and that that those are the reports mm-hmm. coming out. But you know me, and and looking at the data and the spreadsheets and the the rookie information in terms of rushing college dominator, in looking at quarterbacks that have gone first or second round since 2017. He's only behind Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. And even Jalen Hurts going in the second round, we know the the story with him and the shifting values, but he meets that threshold clearly. So did Patrick Mahomes, so did Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. And those are all guys, even Josh Allen. And I'm not, I'm not saying any prospect is going to come in with question marks and have a transformation like Josh Allen. He is an outlier of outliers. But beyond Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, looking at rushing college dominator, every other quarterback was above that 25% threshold. And I, I know some things might look differently on tape, but that's the way I'm looking at this. You, you know that's the way I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. Mitch, you're making faces over there at me. No, you're good. We said we're not going to break down a prospect, but 
10 minutes here we are into Willis, but it's all good. <laughs> the only thing I was going to say is before we get completely off track, comparing one of your questions is how does the talent compare to previous years? I think a good way to look at it is 2019. You take Kyler Murray out of it. A lot of these guys kind of remind me of Daniel Jones, right? I mean, not as a prospect, but kind of what we're looking at going into it. There was no one after Daniel Jones. And so 2019 was actually a really, really bad quarterback draft that no one wants to talk about. And that was just two years ago. So as much as people love to kill it, and I'm sitting here saying there's not a top end guy, this draft is already going to be better than anything that happened in 2019. Or it's the same think, thing over again. Like, could be. So, so if, if Malik Willis is the Kyler Murray of this draft, all right, because I'm a little sour on Kyler, all right, let's say if, if Malik's your one guy, we know he's – I believe he's going to be a dynasty asset, Malik Willis. After that, I don't know if there's a Danny Dimes here. I, I still have a little hope for Danny Dimes. The way I look at it, you're comparing it to 2019. I like that comparison, and I think that could be a realistic range of outcomes for this class. But we saw, like you said, Kyler Murray, the top of the top. Mm -hmm. And then you start to go down a little bit. You had Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones fighting it out for that yeah. two and three <laughs> spot. And then what? Drew Locke. Mm -hmm. And then even people really, you know, buying into Will Greer. So I think the top is lower, but there's more guys in that mid-tier. Mid to upper, mm -hmm. you know, that would fall between Kyler and Haskins or Kyler and Jones. It's like these and guys I, have higher floors, but they don't have the high ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I, yeah, let's not break down a prospect, but let's spend 14 days on Malik Willis. All right. <laughs> so we, that we talked about the class in general, the floor, the ceiling, everybody knows that. Can I ask you, Mitch, I want to ask you something. Cause you and I, we had talked about Matt Corral a good bit just mm -hmm. between the two of us. Is it hurting him from a dynasty perspective, value-wise, and maybe even an NFL perspective a little bit? We haven't seen him play in any sense in quite some time. Whereas we saw Pickett, Ritter, Howe, Willis, Zappi, all get on the field during the senior bowl and just interacting with the coaches. Mm -hmm. And during that week at practice, is that hurting crowd a little bit from a, a height perspective? I think dynasty wise, without a doubt, he's kind of the forgotten guy right now to where he could still be the first one drafted. But I, everything I've seen and read about him is it's all about the interviews because so much of that offense was like, Hey, go do this. And he did it. He did it very well. Right. But now it's going to be if he could do the board work that every team is going to ask him to do. And that we won't know. And so if he ends up dropping in the draft, I think we'll have a really good idea why. Yeah, looking at it before I turn it over to Dan, because I want to get Dan's perspective. And I think we've talked about this in the past. You know, this is what our third offseason together, fourth offseason. Oh, my goodness, fourth offseason. I can't believe you guys tolerate me still. But how important those interviews might be you know, because I, I do think there is a sense of importance, especially for the quarterback position. These are the guys that are leading your team. But from a numbers perspective, again, that's the way I look at it. He does have a few areas that he's not necessarily checking the box. His passing touchdown percentage, a little bit lower, still over six, but I mean, that's on the low end for, you know, college numbers. 
and then over two and a half percent pass interception. It's like a Sean Connery there, a pass interception percentage, pass interception rate. Uh, but the, the ratio overall, yeah, yards per pass attempt, even the Russian college dominator, he, he met those thresholds. And, and again, that's important to me, but even the, well, I, I want to save one point for when we get to Carson strong, because I, I, I want to go in a little bit on, on him, but, uh, Dan, what are your thoughts here overall? Matt Corral, is it hurting him that he hasn't been, uh, you know, in the media as much as these other guys, but then how important is the, uh, the interview process for him? It definitely doesn't help him. I mean, does it hurt him? He's got time here to kind of make it up, you know, have a good combine, get in front of coaches, do some good things. There's some time to get some momentum back. I imagine his ankle is going to be fine. So he's going to have a chance to show that he's, he's healthy at some point. Um, I I do see him more as a a project as an NFL quarterback, but you know, also still evaluating. We have some time here as far as the interview process. I'm very intrigued by the interview process. Uh, You know, and that also goes back to, you know, who's doing the interview and do these NFL teams know how to interview these prospects? I mean, we talked about Dwayne Haskins. I mean, did they really do their digging on this guy? I mean, everything we saw in the NFL was a guy with bad body language on the sidelines in, in the, the clubs that he doesn't belong in during COVID at the worst time when nobody knows anything about COVID. I mean, he, there was just no work ethic, character questions. And then who, who's vouching for him? Urban Meyer. There's a great guy to say you got to put talent around him. You know, yeah, you got to put talent around him, guys. You know, so so I think teams have to do their homework and have to be able to separate the Matt Corrals and the Sam Howells and the Kenny Pickett's. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in that six foot, six foot three, 200 kind of similar attributes. They all could kind of run a little bit. You know, they could throw a little bit, but there's there's question marks with all of them. Which one of these guys is great character? First one there, last one out of there, could break down defenses and study and film, doing all those things. Someone's got to separate themselves of this class, and and that's where I think those interviews really come in. I'll, I'll just make my point right now. So we're t- I mentioned Carson Strong. Everybody wants to make an excuse for him that, well, he didn't have the rushing upside, but he was working through injuries, right? He, he was working through the, the injury, and Mitch, you brought it up to me mm-hmm. you know, a while back. But Matt Corral, while he did get injured at the very end of the season, the ankle injury, he got injured in October, the other ankle, and he's fighting through it. And they they brought that up on multiple broadcasts throughout this season that he was battling through this injury. And I know it's not the interview interview process, but Dan, as a coach, that's something you got to love. Your guy is going out there tough as nails, playing through an injury, competing against teams in the SEC. Hold on. Hold on. Didn't Carson Strong play through his injury too? Didn't he come back early and play through his injury? No, but people were making the excuse for him. Well, that's why that's why he wasn't moving. The dude's a freaking statue. Oh. And, I, I, but, and, and listen, and I, I know I, now I'm getting riled up. I know, you, listen, from a fantasy perspective, you do not need a Russian quarterback. You don't. I'm, I'm a big Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins guy, but it makes you a safer asset. I'm concerned about Matt Corral being a safe asset too. And, you know, I like how you talk about that toughness, John, but there's toughness and then there's reckless. Like you watch a lot of his running and he is kind of like a wreck. I mean, he's a competitor. He's a tough competitor. He got, you, can, you can't few, do that. You cannot do that in the national football league. Some of those runs that he's taken, he'll get killed. When I, when I was going through the, one of the first runs I, I saw from him, 
he like got out of bounds and it was fine, whatever. And like, I start like typing in, like, you know, knows when, <laughs> when to avoid contact the very next time he ran, he got leveled, leveled. He got back up, but he got smacked. And I was like, all right, I'm going to delete that comment. And then I started to see a little bit more of that where maybe it was a little bit of reckless, but you know, hopefully you can learn <laughs> how to slide. You just can't run like that in the NFL, you know, so yeah. you have to be able to throw the ball. See. All right. So we did touch on Crow. We touched on Willis. The secondary, I don't want to say secondary because a lot of people have Sam Howell's their quarterback one. I'm bringing Mitch? him up later. I thought we were like going to go through your list and we're going to bring some guys up. Well, see, the thing about that is <laughs> you deleted it. <laughs> no, I still have it. I don't even know. Like, what question are we on now? Because I'm, I'm looking at my rookie sheet. I didn't All even right. get to the questions. I just thought we were going through this All list. Right. All right, you're good. So Howell to me is the most intriguing prospect for the quarterback class. The reason why is he has good size. So even he can run, but if he gets popped, he can get back up. I think he weighs 220 or something like that. And a big reason why I like him is because he isn't the best prospect in this class. So I think there's a very good chance he drops. He drops to Tampa Bay. He drops to New Orleans. He drops to Detroit with their second pick in the draft. Every single one of those teams has a very good offensive line. The Saints don't have any weapons, but besides them, the Lions have weapons to throw to. The Buccaneers have elite weapons to throw to. And that's what I want with this draft class. I don't want the guy who's going to go to Carolina. I don't, I don't care who goes to Carolina. I guarantee you I will not have them on my dynasty teams because they do not care about building an offensive line. Give me the guys that are going to go towards the end of the draft to really good teams. I wish I could say Pittsburgh. I really do. Kind of feels like they don't care about an offensive line either. But that's why Malik Willis, uh, not saying he would flourish in that situation, but I, I always talk about it, the rushing ability. And, you know, Matt Corral, he, he can run. He has escape ability. Sam Howell, he can run. Desmond Ritter, he can run. He, you know, Kenny Pickett, we've seen it. So there are a lot of quarterbacks that can run. And even Carson Strong, while I do get on him that he doesn't have that rushing upside, he has, I, I think he has, a, and this isn't a pun by any means, but he has a somewhat strong pocket presence and he's able to maneuver around the pocket mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, make some, uh, gain some additional time there in the pocket. But like, at Nevada, though, I mean, he's got a strong arm, Carson Strong, and I think he is someone someone will take a chance on, and you know, maybe we do in, in Dynasty in our later rounds. But he's a day two prospect. Mitch, you're going to beat me to it. What are you thinking right now, Mitch? Carson Strong. Okay, Dan, you're not going to like this. I think Carson Strong gets drafted before Malik Willis does in the NFL draft. Not a chance. I, not a chance. I let's come up with a bet. And I will, I will bet heavy on is this. Going to fall in love. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not like, but this is my take: is there's going to be an NFL team, Denver Broncos, who fall in love with a six four quarterback out of Nevada. It's going to happen. Not that Wait, much what, in love, Mitch. What I thought you were going to say mm -hmm. whenever Dan goes, yeah, strong look good at Nevada, and it's like, well, last year Zach Wilson looked good. <laughs> At BYU, Josh Allen but, but, went to Wyoming. Whoa, 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 but, you know, time out. Where, really where's where's my challenge flag there? No, no, there's look good. Zach Wilson looked phenomenal. Zach Wilson was making throws all over the film. I didn't see a Zach Wilson highlight film from Carson Strong. I Carson see a kid Strong with arm, arm strength that 
good. Zach Wilson's arm's fine, though. He's just a small it's kid. That looks Baker's arm's fine. Young enough to be your that. son, but he just. I think there's a big disparity in talent there between Zach Wilson and Carson. I have two concerns. One is with Carson Strong, and then I want to transition to Kenny Pickett. If you watch Carson Strong, and man, listen to me, if you watch (laughs) Mr. Film Guru over here, throw the spreadsheets away. I love it. I love it. But if you watch... I'm not even, I didn't even get to my point and Dan's cut me off. I still want to comment on Sam Howell from before you. You guys went too fast. <laughs> but go ahead, JB. I'll come back to Sam Howell that we weren't talking about. The, if you watch Carson Strong, if he's able to sit behind that line, he, he, he can make top-notch throws. Once he's flushed out of the pocket, especially when he was rolling to his right, so many of those balls just sail out of bounds constantly, constantly. And even ones that, okay, maybe he was throwing that one away, there were some though you're watching and you're like, you know, there's not going to be a completion here as soon as he gets flushed out of that pocket. So if he can't, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Ronnie in, in, in our discord, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft Carson strong, he's going to have a freaking conniption because he's been calling it for a couple months. He's like, write this down, save this pin this. So he's going to go nuts if they draft Carson strong, but he, he could, I think his he needs an offensive line. He needs it. But Mitch, oh, yeah. you've been saying this. Carson Strong is the type of quarterback an NFL team's gonna fall in love with. In day two. I I I agree. I if I were a GM and I know any team would be killing, they would be dying to have me as their GM. We'll take Keyshawn Vaughn in the first day. <laughs> <That's you>. Right. <laughs> but Carson Strong wouldn't be my first round pick. Malik Willis is the guy. Wait, we're going to match Malik? If if Coach Tomlin says he wants him, don't we believe that too? They said they wanted Najee last year. It went Najee. I, I, I think there's there, there's something there. And that's an organization where I think we mentioned, you, you said, I think Mitch said, you know, doesn't want to get the O-line right. I think they do. They just haven't figured it out yet. And they, they're a team that has had a lot of needs and they just haven't been able to fix it all at once. So I think they got their running back. Dan, do you want to go back to Sam Howell now? Do you want to go back to <laughs> Sam is a guy I I thought I was it was going to be really high in this conversation a year ago, and without all the talent around him, it, it kind of fell off a bit. He does have a, a little bit of size, Mitch. But he's still only a six foot quarterback. He's still kind of in that you know Matt Corral. He's just but he's a he's a beefier. He's He is a six foot. But he seems to have good instincts and ability that that does make some NFL throws. So I, I kind of like him a little bit more. Um, but, but he's a guy that I would say I would also hope finds a good situation. I'll be curious to see which NFL, NFL team takes a chance on him. From an NFL perspective, and Mitch, you always pay a little bit more attention on a yearly basis to this than I do. But I've seen so many mocks from so many people. Mm-hmm. These quarterbacks are all over the place. Oh, they are. <laughs> I don't. And then, oh, my goodness. Somebody tweets out, it's like a consensus mock, and it has like seven or eight people, websites listed, and it takes their average. The range of these players, that that consensus had two players in the first. It was Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. Like, if if those are the two that go, like, I think Malik Willis is a first-round quarterback. <laughs> but if Desmond Ritter goes, and I think I said this in the discord. I was like, I will chop off my foot and feed it to a squirrel. <laughs> like 
And then somebody commented, like, I, I sign up for fantasy football. This sounds like a different fantasy. I don't know what's going on. But, like, but then some people have Matt Corral going top 10, mm-hmm. Sam Howe creeping around, uh, Desmond Ritter in the first, maybe even late second. It's it's all over the map. I, I see Kevin in the chat there says he's he sees the Steelers talking off a lot about Rudolph and Haskins. I think that is nothing more than talk just to try to – you know, give them some sort of leverage that they don't have. They've somehow got to trade up from 20th, you know, and it's a matter of how far up could they get before someone steals a Malik Willis from them. But I truly believe they're going to go after him, and John Bauer is going to have a Malik Willis jersey behind him next year. That's my, my predi- first, that's my prediction. My first ever Steelers jersey on the wall. I could see it. It might happen. It. But it, not only a leverage standpoint, but let's say you get stuck with, you know, you, you miss out on these quarterbacks. You can't bring in a free agent or, or – you know, somebody gets traded. Hey, Mason, we believed in you this whole offseason. We, we've been talking <laughs> you up, kid. You got it. We know you can. Keep morale up like, just in co- case. Co- cover their butts a little bit. I could see that. I could see that. I, I keep waiting for Mitch to jump in. Mitch, go get a seltzer. No, I'm letting you guys go. We, we have a comment about Desmond Ritter in there from, from Jeff. I don't know if we want to go there next. He's next on your list, John. Yeah, let's the, the Riddler. Desmond Ritter is the quarterback Dan was describing. First one in, last one out. Great leadership ability, but huge question marks overall, even though I like him. And th- that's Jeff's words, not mine. So to Jeff, uh, to Jeff, he's point, a real gym rat, real heady player. <laughs> to, to Jeff's point, I mean, you watch that game versus Alabama. He is all those characteristics. He is that guy. Great kid, competitor, try to rally up the troop on the sidelines. But when you watch that Alabama game, I left it very underwhelmed. I was really hoping for the kid. You know, was ho- you know everyone in the nation was rooting against Alabama. So you're hoping it was just a defensive game. He couldn't move that offense at all versus Alabama. Um, so I, I, I was very underwhelmed from there. And I think that's not what we're looking for in dynasty fantasy football is an underwhelming feeling versus a game versus Alabama. So I'm looking for a guy with maybe a little bit more tools to be that guy, Jeffrey, unfortunately I'm rooting for Desmond, you know, good kid for sure. If he goes in the second, I mean, that that's, that's my rule here. If they go in the second, I'm not taking them anywhere in the first round of super flex drafts. I don't care. And the interesting part here is going to be, and I posed this question a few times, but let's say Willis, Sam Howe, and uh, who did I say? Willis, Howe, and Corral go in the first, okay? And they're okay landing spots. You know, it's Washington. I know Denver is seen as a good landing spot, but let's just say it's three okay landing spots. And then in the second, Ritter goes to the Steelers, and Strong, oh, and I forgot about Pickett. He goes in the first somewhere, too. We'll get to him. And then Strong goes to the Saints. How how much are those landing spots for the second-round quarterbacks going to impact how people see it? Like me, draft capital is going, it's going to be king. If they don't go in the first, I'm not going to draft them. Like, I'm and that's not. fair. I'm, I'm going to spend my draft capital on wide receivers and running backs at that point. I'm going to let everybody else try to get the Eason sticks of this draft. I just really don't care if they don't get drafted the first, maybe if they go, if one goes two Oh two to the lions, maybe I can see it because maybe someone fell at the end of the first, but even then I would probably only do it because I'm a lions fan. And if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't touch them. Since 2017, we've only had a handful of quarterbacks taken in the second Kyle Trask, 
Deshaun Kaiser, Drew Locke, Kellen Mond, and Jalen Hurts. And even with the Eagles going to the playoffs, even with Jalen Hurts being a fantasy darling, his value is still in question. We're concerned about his long-term value. And you look at a kid like Desmond Ritter, who doesn't run like Jalen Hurts, and some of those throws on his highlight film aren't completions in the National Football League. You know, they're like barely completions. You know, receiver made a great play. It's, you know, just just barely made it over a defender. They're, they're not completions in the National Football League. So how much better could he be? Not sure, but not confident. Yards per pass attempt, okay? Again, going back to 2017. This is my new 2003, okay? <laughs> going back to 2017 yards per pass attempt. Above eight. Okay, so let me just go through this list. Above eight. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Malik Willis. And this is just first or second round draft capital. Kaiser, Trubisky, Darnold, Murray, Lawrence, Hurts, Zach Wilson, Watson, Haskins, Trask, Corral, Burrow, Howell, Justin Fields, Mayfield, Lance, Mack, and Tua. So, again, there's misses in there. Are my numbers boring you, Mitch? No, you yawned before the show, and I can't stop yawning now because you started this. I'll tell you. The guys that have fallen below eight, eight or below, Josh Rosen, Jordan Love, Drew Locke, Kellen Mond, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen is the only outlier in this group. So it's not a large sample size, but he's the only one that has just made tremendous strides. And then Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, and Kenny Pickett fall in that category as well. So I know a lot of people, they think about numbers, they think about analytics. It might as well be voodoo, right? I bring up something, and Mitch and Dan are like, no, that's fake. That's not real. I mean, there's some don't, good bring up, there. Don't, don't bring up Michael Carter, I swear to God. We're, 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 Matt, we're weighing it all in there. I love Michael Carter. But I, I don't think Me we've too, talked Dan. about Kenny Pickett. And I, I'm so, John, you're from Pittsburgh. So I expected to hear a little bit more from Kenny Pickett from you tonight. Because he's he's 6'3", 217. So he's got a little more height than the other prospects, which I like. He's got good vision, seeing the blitz. Maybe a notch above Corral and Howell, potentially. Does a team fall in love with Kenny Pickett? I almost spit out my tea when you said that. Oh, my God. No, he's not going to be above them. He might go in the first of the NFL draft and be above them in the NFL. But I... I don't know. Maybe this is like reverse bias because he was here in Pitt. But watching those games, he still did a lot of things. Like he was slinging the rock. But same thing I talked about with Carson Strong. Kenny Pickett, he he could have had time to sit there in a clean pocket. He gets antsy and he gets out of there in a hurry. So if you go back and watch him, just pay attention to that look at the way that I, you can't even say he's flush from the pocket it's self-inflicted he's moving sit there in the pocket with the time you have and make a throw maybe that's something that will be developed and worked on obviously he took a huge step his last season he's now 38 years old after that fifth year <laughs> but you know I, I think that is a concern and and i bring you know he's got enough speed he's got the size Russian college dominator overall. It doesn't break that 25% threshold yards per pass attempt. Not great. Obviously the, the passing touchdown numbers in his final season were tremendous, but throughout his career, sub 5%. And, he, and I guess, you know, he would fit in the category for me too. Again, we're just starting this process. I do want to watch a lot more. Kenny Pickett film. You know, you mentioned, we're, we're just starting this process. You, 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 you mentioned, um, 
I'm saying there's a lot more film to watch here. But <laughs> with, with Pickett, you mentioned him, you know, sometimes it's, we're getting out of the pocket too soon. Some of what I watched, I've watched him. He's picked up some blitzes good. So is it something that's correctable? You know, again, what's the town around him? What's the coaching like in Pitt? You know, how does he interview? There's there's a lot of questions to be answered. I don't look, look quarterbacks with happy feet that come out of college. I just don't. I think that's the one thing that just we've seen it happen in rookies to where they get sacked a lot the first year and they never recover from it. When it's already happening in college, I'm extremely scared about it. What are you saying, John? No, and that, that's a great point. It really it ties into what you know I'm saying. So it is a great point because it agrees with what I said. So it's got to be a great point. But with Kenny Pickett, you, you got to remember that final year, he, he had Jordan Addison to throw the ball to, who is, barring something crazy, he's going to be a first-round pick in 2023 in the NFL draft. Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of Pittsburgh. I mean, he's not a sleeper by any means. That's not like, but if you're not, you know, watching the college games, looking into the stats, then maybe you haven't heard of him. But, uh, you know, a tremendous asset for Kenny Pickett. So just keep that in mind as well. But I don't know. I, I don't, We'll get to a, a few final points here. Question please, for both answer. of you. Answer. Question for both of you. Taking Willis out, let's say Willis doesn't go to the, one of these two teams. Any of the other quarterbacks goes to Houston or goes to Carolina. How highly are you going to rank them? They're going to have the draft capital. Is that going to have you raise them to be a top five pick? I am really pushing myself, and I did it last year. And I, I was I was very happy with the corrections I made to my pre-draft versus post-draft process. I, I was very happy. Two years ago was the the crash, the, the bang hurt around the world, right? Keyshawn Vaughn. But then going to last year, whether it was quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, landing spot was something I was trying to completely stay away from in terms of how it uh, my, altered my uh, evaluation of these players. The only time that I did change was the draft capital itself, which that's no surprise. I don't try to hide that. So my goal is whatever I have coming in to stay the same. If they have that first round draft capital, now if they slip to the second or let's say Ritter gets up into the first one, I don't think he's going to, there's going to be upward movement then from Ritter. So are any of those guys going to be a top five pick for you in a super flex draft? If it's not Willis. Ritter. Probably not. not. Like if. if so really before Dan dives in, cause I'll be short, quick. Corral. Getting, I'll be quick. Mitch is Corral. getting, Mitch JP's getting like Mel Kuyper right now. He's just sabotaging the show on these big, like six minute rants. Sorry. Go ahead. JP. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you guys. And I told the guys in the discord that this weekend I am the best man at my cousin's wedding. And somebody said, what's the over under on, on JB's best man. Over. Speech? And they said 40 minutes, they were taking the over. I, no, I'll be quick, but Matt Corral, if he gets first run draft capital, he's going to be my top five. Oh, if he goes to Carolina and Houston. Oh yeah. Cause you're not changing because of that never mind. Never mind. Nope. I'm still good. I'm still good with them. Yeah, so, so like trying to specifically answer the question that Mitchell asked. Thank you. So if he went to Houston, like I don't, there's, there's no way they're taking a quarterback at three. So they could be that team you talked about Mitch at 37, like the way the draft falls, maybe getting a quarterback, but I'd be holding my, I, I don't like anybody in Houston. I just think that organization's a train wreck. And then 
why'd you draft Davis Mills if you're picking someone at 37? So don't like that. Carolina, I still hold a little bit of hope for the Panthers. They're, you know, you have McCaffrey, you have DJ Moore. Of course, you've got the Trembler, Tommy Tremble. You know, maybe Robbie Anderson or someone else. Who knows? So that if they could fix the O-line somehow, maybe that's an okay landing spot where he kind of starts creeping close to the top five or around it. I don't know if he's quite in it, but uh, I'm just Malik Willis because he's going to Pittsburgh. But if Carolina took Malik Willis, I'd be intrigued. Yeah, it's I'm I'm staying firm. <laughs> I'm firm, firm baby. Bailey Zappi, any opinions there? No. What seventy some touchdowns at Western Kentucky? Yeah, he'll be uh, a great third round draft pick for some team. As a placeholder, that's what I I have him in the third. I mean, could it be the fourth, fifth? Yeah. Um, he's he's my last quarterback in my top sixty. To you know, take a late flyer on if he fell to me. Yeah, uh, touchdown rate through the roof. Interception rate, well below the threshold. Yards per pass attempt, good there. It's the Russian college dominator that is, you know, under that threshold for me. But again, I'm just not going to take a stand on a player going in the third round. I, 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 he, I He's the kid that comes out every year with these like incredible stats that make you look at him, you know. So he, of course, he catches our attention there. Could he be that real hard, relentless worker that we talked about earlier, and you know maybe becomes like a, a Tony Romo? But I wish he was a little taller. He's only six feet tall as well, so it's wish I long was a shot. A bit taller. Yeah, looking at this list that after the second round, like it's there's nothing there. Be, nope. beyond i mean <laughs> like jared's did a mason rudolph uh the great pit panther nathan peterman uh you know it's like it's hey there's always tom brady i'm sure it'll happen sometime in the next 40 years yeah <laughs> it, it like if if you're talking to somebody and they comp a, a late round quarterback to tom brady like that conversation's <laughs> over how do you combat that how do you debate that like you, you say yep you, you can't like, all right, yep, yep, he's Tom Brady. All right, so I got to look at the show notes because I did not look at them at all. I was when we're the good. spreadsheet when the spreadsheet we're ready for up. the hammer. Yeah, I think right, we, so we, we talked we about indirectly answered everything. Yeah, we talked about the landing spots, most intriguing. What what's going on? I love how if you write something down, we have to go through it. It's like one I of just, my favorite things about the notes. Or maybe if he would just follow the notes, we'd be all right, Mitch. We'd be on we'd be on time tonight, but no. But I always say this, and people are tired of hearing me say it. Once the conversation gets going, it just bounces back and forth. Mm-hmm. We understand, Kuiper. All right. I I can't stand you. Like, I don't know why I deal with you. Final thoughts. All right, Dan. Wrap it up here. The, the, the quarterback rundown. The Our version of the NFL Combine talking about it in a the franchise tag prediction of Rashad Petty getting tagged. Nothing but love from Mitch and I for you, JB. Just know that always. But, uh, yeah, we've talked enough quarterbacks for one night. I think we were given a good landscape view there. Maybe Mitch, you might have one more for the road. Who knows? But for me, we're at that time of the year where, you know, we talked about the deadline for teams to designate the franchise tag is March 8th. It's that time of the year where I'm looking ahead to the calendar and what other important dates are there leading up to the combine for now. 
March 16th, teams are allowed to contact and enter negotiations with unrestricted free agents who contracts expire. And the new calendar league year officially on the 16th uh, kicks off and free agency begins. So free agency happens before the draft, and that's going to give us some of the answers too there. We'll be watching that closely, and the trading period also opens up on the 16th. Mitch? All right. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk too much. I'll get yelled at. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> so this isn't something that I would advise doing, but there's nothing technically wrong with it. So while you're if you're doing a startup draft, let's say it starts this weekend, the combine's going on. Don't pick within the first minute. I would honestly tell someone if I'm if someone in the Discord comes up and says, "Mitch, when should I make this pick?" I would say you stay on that clock for as long as you can during the combine. Mainly because, A, maybe there's a player that spikes that you end up liking, but there's always going to be someone that buys into something. Maybe you're on the clock and the right wide receivers run and you're in the middle of the 12th round and someone just pops. Maybe Doxon, you know, runs a 4-3-2 or something like that. Just I know it's not kosher and everybody hates it, it's the smartest move to make for the next week. There's, I mean, I'm making faces over here. If you're watching on YouTube, you clearly have seen that. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not illegal right? by any means. I just, I, I hate it. I know, me too. <laughs> but again, well, JB, that's what the clock's there for. Like, yes. I don't know. Anyway, next week we're going over running backs. My That'll favorite. And you know what? We're going to fight. It's going to be amazing. Oh, we are. Oh, yeah. We're going to fight. And the way I'm talking about quarterbacks and their Russian college dominator, once we get into the receiving college dominator for the running backs, I'm bringing the boxing gloves. Imagine the the numbers we're going to hear next week. It's going to be glorious. It's just going to be all numbers. All numbers. Uh, It's got to be filmed. They got to block, JB. If you can't block, you don't belong on the field. Okay, so you two, you two are in charge of putting the notes together, and I'll, I'll lead it. But you guys, you <laughs> this know, sounds glorious. It's gonna, you know, that's not gonna fly, JB. We'll put it together. You'll, you'll <laughs> edit it in two minutes after we put it out. I'll be like, all right, send me the notes. You'll hit send, and I'll send you the revised version that I already have made up right back. Yep. I just, you know, it's, it's a control thing. But anyway, we know. Uh, we, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram is back up and running. I, I got off my my uh, lazy butt and started throwing some things back up on there. Uh, both of them are Dynasty Theory FF. If you enjoy our content, check out the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash dynasty theory i always said backslash forward slash dynasty theory it's five bucks a month free through the end of february we have a ton of exclusive bonus content i'm doing the pivot point which is kind of a discussion on market efficiencies every friday mitch is going to be joining me in two weeks dan just did part one and two of the dysfunction rankings all 32 teams i know a lot of people on the patreon had fun with that one so make sure you check it out uh there's a lot of good stuff going on for mitch Sorensen. Dan LaMagna. I'm John Bauer. We will see everybody next week. Peace.